Good morning, good morning, good morning. Hope that you've had a wonderful, wonderful week. It's been hot enough out there. I hope that you've had some cool days, cool evenings, some relaxing evenings. Um, that thing that we're never satisfied, it can be too hot or too cold. Uh, we're not too far away from winter. A uh, couple more months, few more months, we'll be right back in to the area of seeing a little snow. It's not far away. It's kind of hard to believe that uh, we're in the seventh month and it's about ready to bypass and we'll start into the eighth month and just four more months to go before we're into a new year. But God's been good through it all and we just praise God for all that he's doing. I hope that you have your eyes and ears open to all that is taking place in our world today because uh, God is at the door knocking and you and I need to be very much alert to what's going on and I just hope that uh, you're one that is paying attention and believing God's word. Uh, Pay attention, see what's going on, see how it applies to God's word and how God's word is applying to the time in which we're living. Not to frighten anyone. We don't want to play uh, scare games or anything like that. But it is important that we keep up with what the word of God says, what's happening in our world. Two things are happening right now. Seem like every time we think we have COVID under control, it kind of pops its head back up. And this time something else has popped back up with it. We've had all this heat and we've had more fires worldwide than what we've ever had before. We are witnessing many lakes and rivers drying up. We are beginning to face in America a water shortage that many people never thought would be a problem. Uh, But things are taking place that you and I need to really start seriously looking up. Looking up towards the one who is able to keep us during these days. But also is able to lengthen our time. We know there is a time in which life as we know it will end. But until that time comes, we just keep praying and depending upon God from day to day. So let's pray and let's get into the message because I want to pick up with this third witness in Revelation that comes directly from God. And there are those three witnesses that we're going to briefly mention in the introduction of this message that we need to be recognizing and understanding that this is a divine witness and God has perfected these witnesses and given them the ability to perform their tasks. And no one could stop them from doing it. 
until their tasks were completed. So let's pray and then we'll get into Revelation chapter 14. And we want to see this third witness. Father, we want to thank you and praise you for your word. That your word, O oh God, gives us, Lord, light that we might live by. That we are not a people in darkness, but we are a people in light. We are a people who are not a people who have no knowledge of what's taking place. But, Lord, we are a people that you have given us knowledge that we might be aware of the time in which we are living. And I pray, Father, that we would take it seriously. And would you minister to us? Would you open our hearts and our minds? Would you allow your Holy Spirit to speak to us? And Lord, we pray that you would truly be glorified and that men and women may hear your word and they would come to you. You're the only one who has eternal salvation. No one else has it. And no one else can give it but thee. So I pray for those who might hear today who don't know you and the pardon of their sins, that, Lord, somehow you would speak to their hearts and that they would say, yes, Lord, and that they would repent and receive the Lord Jesus Christ. I pray for that one who somewhat sits on the fence, have made a commitment years ago, but not quite understanding and don't really want to be fully committed that this might be a time for them to commit themselves completely to thee. And I pray for us who are Christians. That Lord who are steadfast, unmovable, and who are always abounding in your work. That you strengthen us in this day and this hour. That we would be faithful unto you. Minister to us, Lord. Help us not to draw back. But whatever our hands find to do that will glorify you, strengthen them, O God, and allow us to do that which will bring glory to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now minister to us, Lord, and we'll give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Truth. We're still dealing with that area of truth because during the revelation, there is a lie that is going to go forth from the Antichrist, from the image, and from the beast. And it's going to be a false religion that is going to be set up. And many people will follow. But without truth, people cannot discern. And that's why God is the author of truth. That's why he speaks truth into every generation. And every generation, God provides that generation with truth. For that they can understand what they're dealing with. But in receiving truth or hearing truth, it always brings us to a place of decision making that we are going to either believe that or we're going to believe a lie. 
We believe truth or we believe a lie. It's going to be one or the other. And we are the ones who have to look at it, examine it, deal with the facts honestly, and say this is what truth is and this is truth. And then follow it. Not just admit something is true, but then participate in it, acknowledge it, and to begin to follow what you know is to be true. And that's the purpose of this third witness that we're going to talk about. For God has sent the 144,000, he put a seal on them. They were all Jews. 12,000 from each one of the 12 tribes. And God sealed them to be his witness. And no harm could come to them until they had finished what God had ordained for them to do. And then at that point, they were killed. The same with the two prophets. The two witnesses that would witness in Jerusalem and be heard around the world. They were able to work certain miracles. They could hold rain back. Fire could come out of their mouth. But they spoke also the truth. And people had to make a decision. Would they believe what they were hearing from the image, from the Antichrist, from the beast, from that side? Or would they believe the two prophets who eventually was put to death, but yet rose on the third day. God caused them to just stand up. So God is also still working miracles that people could see and also acknowledge that truth. And it says many were saved because of what they had seen. So it's still yet seeing and hearing. But it is God at work. And now this third one comes into play and we have to ask why. And again, I would say to you, God is the one who speaks truth. And whenever there is a lie, God is the one who still has to share truth for people can determine what is a lie and what is truth. And that's always been a battle down through history. But if you will hear truth and continue to hear truth and begin to put truth into practice, you will know that it's truth. For faith comes by hearing and hearing what? Hearing the word of God. Why? The word of God is truth. And God's promise is that his word will never, never return to him void. It will always go out and it will accomplish what he wants it to accomplish. And his word accomplishes basically two things. One life, the other condemnation or destruction. Now, in this third witness, it says that he comes and 
he comes with this eternal gospel. And he is going to share it with all nations. So let's read uh, in verse 6 in chapter 14 of Revelation what this angel is going to do. But I want you to also ask this question of yourself. Why would God do this? And that's what we're going to be trying to answer. Remember, during this time of what is called tribulations or the end times or this time of Jacob's troubles, uh, this time in which the Antichrist, where Satan is trying to rule for a little while, and is causing all type of havoc, havoc among the Christian world, among believers. And there are many things that are taught about this period. And some believe that the Christians have been taken out, but those who believe, I don't know what else we would call them, but Christians, they are saved in the same manner in which those who were taken out were saved, and yet they're here. Uh, they are followers of Christ. They are believers. They are saved by the blood of Christ. The same thing that allowed those before the rapture would have taken place were saved. Those people have to be saved also by confessing and believing in Jesus Christ. I don't know what else to call them, but Christians also, other than just saints, which was also the one of the titles for those before the rapture, saints. But we would get into a whole different area and school of thought and so forth. But I do want to just, if I can, just focus on these angels. Because their message is what's important. And, and if people are going to be saved, they have to hear the message and hear it clearly. And the message is not just shared for the purpose of just sharing the message. God's message is always shared in an area of redemption. In redemption. In saving people. In lifting people out of the unbelief that they may have fallen into or been led into. It is to share truth with them. So he says in that verse 6, he says, Then I saw another angel flying in midair. Now, this angel is not touching the ground per se. He's flying in midair. I can't even begin to even imagine that picture. But he's saying the angel is flying in midair. And he has the eternal gospel. Eternal gospel. Eternal is everlasting. There's no time. Uh, it's a continuous, ongoing, eternal gospel. 
Gospel, as we recognize it, is, as some would say, the death, burial, resurrection. I like to also add something else to it, is simply life, because you cannot have death without life. Life has to always precede death. If there is no life, there can be no death. And life is the life of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ because the gospel is about Christ and his message. It's about Christ and his life. And he says here, eternal, eternal, eternal gospel. Belonging to an eternal, eternal person. Jesus Christ. And this gospel is shared and I believe it is shared in order to give people another opportunity to discern between a great lie or deception and now also the truth. God allows truth to be shared in order for people to make a decision on who they are going to believe. If they're going to believe in Jesus Christ or if they're going to believe in the image. If they're going to worship the image. If they're going to follow the Antichrist. And he says this angel is flying in mid-air. Now, sharing this eternal gospel. Now, understand something. This eternal gospel is the same gospel that has been preached for thousands and thousands and thousands of years, the life of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Salvation cannot come without this gospel of Jesus Christ. And it is given. Now, let me share very quickly. There are those who said that this eternal gospel is the gospel of condemnation or judgment of God that is also going to follow. So if you read in verse 8, it says, Boy, a second angel followed and said, Fallen, fallen is Babylon the great, which made all the nations drink the maddening wine of her adulteries. A third angel followed then and said in a loud voice, If anyone worshipped the beast and his image and received the mark on their foreheads or on their hand. He too will drink of the wine of God's fury, which has been poured full strength into the cup of his wrath. He will be tormented with burning suffering in the presence of the holy angels and of the Lamb. And the smoke of their torment rises forever and ever. There is no rest day or night for those who worship the beast and his image or for anyone who receives the mark of his name. This calls for patience, endurance, and the part of the saints who obey God's commandments and remain, remain faithful to Jesus. And some 
say this is that judgment time that takes place. And it's the eternal gospel of judgment. Well, I've never read anywhere else in scripture about an eternal gospel adjustment. But the gospel has within it judgment. Based on the very fact that if one denies the Lord Jesus Christ or, or refuses to believe the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, then condemnation already awaits them. Judgment takes place because of their unbelief. And as Ephesians says, they are already dead in their trespasses and sins. So judgment is already taking place. What we read is what's going to happen to them. Yes. Now, this eternal gospel, I believe, is preached to give people one last chance before God's wrath is really poured out. Because God is the only one who can share truth with us. And in this time, the Antichrist is sharing what his theories are and what he wants people to believe and what he says that is right. In one sense, we just have the story of Adam and Eve all over again with Satan saying to two people, uh, God didn't say that. Uh, you can do this and you can do that. Well, now what is taking place, Satan is saying that to a multitude of millions upon millions of people. He's telling this lie to. And it's God now who speaks truth. And a decision has to be made. And let me share this with you. You have to make that decision. To not make the decision is a decision. To not make a decision for Jesus Christ is a decision. And he is going to share with us, and I'm going to share with you why I believe this eternal gospel is being preached. Because again, God wants to share it with people. Why? Because God wants people to know the truth. And he wants them to be able to make that decision between life and death. Go to John chapter 3 and verse 17. And we're going to go from 17 through 18 in John chapter 3. Because we need to understand it's God's will. And we're going to read this a little bit later on. That nobody perish. God's desire is to give eternal life to every man, woman, and child. But it's something that you have to be willing to receive. He won't force it on you, but he does offer it to you. And I believe in the angel who is flying in midair, declaring this eternal gospel, that it is an offer of God to a multitude of people his salvation through Jesus Christ. So in verse 17 in St. John, and 
he starts off in verse in uh, verse 17 in chapter 3. Let me get my eyes here focused again. He says, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world. That was not the purpose of Christ's coming. He came to share truth with us. And he does that. But he does allow us to know he did not come mainly to condemn the world. But to save the world. That's the main reason he came. To save the world. The world was already under condemnation. The world was already facing hell. Man was facing, humanity was facing death without a savior. And they were already facing being separated from God eternally without a savior. And he says, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Now listen to 18. Whoever believes in him is not condemned. Catch that. Whoever believes in him is not condemned. The angel is sharing this eternal gospel. Why? God doesn't want any man, woman, or child to be condemned to be lost without having an opportunity to hear truth and accept the Lord Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. Whoever believes in him is not condemned. That if you receive the Lord Jesus Christ, even back during the time of the tribulation, in that period of what we're studying there in Revelation, in the time of tribulation, if you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, you will not be condemned. You will not see hell. That's a promise of God. And he sends the angel to declare this eternal gospel, most likely for the very last time. But whoever does not believe stands condemned already. Catch that. But whoever does not believe stands condemned already. They already stood condemned. He was not coming to condemn because they were already condemned because they were not believing in the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you're not believing in Jesus Christ, I don't care who you are, what you may believe, how religious you may think you are, if it's outside of Jesus Christ, you already stand condemned. Because there's only one name given under heaven and earth whereby men must be saved. And that's through the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And he says, Does not believe stands condemned already. Then he tells them why. Because he had not believed in the name of God, one and only Son. You have not believed in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, God's only Son. And the angel is flying in midair 
to the four corners of the world. And he had the eternal gospel to proclaim. Now he's proclaiming this gospel. But with the gospel being proclaimed, if you do not receive the Lord Jesus Christ, if you do not accept the truth, the only thing that awaits you is condemnation, and that's already there. So you're trying to be delivered from condemnation through this eternal gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the false image, that image, and the beast and the Antichrist are all trying to have you tied up in knots in what is truth. And they are spewing out their lies. And they're trying to force people to believe and to worship this image. And the beast is hard at work at this. Now this angel comes and flies, declaring the truth. Now a decision has to be made. Do I believe this or do I believe this? Which one will you believe? Those of you who might be hearing for the first time that Jesus Christ is Savior, that Jesus Christ came into this world to save you, you have to make a decision on what you already believe. And if you truly do believe that Jesus Christ came into this world to save you, to save you, to save me, to save us, we got to make that decision. And I would say to you, search it out. Search it out. There's no one else like Jesus Christ. And I would say to you, get into this Bible and read it for yourself. And allow the Holy Spirit to minister to you. Because Christ really did come into this world to save us, not to condemn us. We were already condemned. But to bring truth to us. That we might believe the truth. And be saved. Now. In John 15. I want you to catch what is going to be said here. Because it's what's taking place back here. In the book of Revelation. And. For some reason, people choose at a great cost to themselves. God wants to save them, but somehow we got this thing all confused that people just want to see you be religious. People want to see you join a church. People want to see you be baptized. Well, that may all come along with it, but that's not the main reason. The main thing is that Jesus Christ wants you to be saved. Why? You were created by him. Your soul is precious to him. And he wants you to spend eternity with him. So in John, and, and I want you to really catch this now. And if you've been with me for a little while in the book of Revelation, and we've gone through that image of the beast, the beast, the Antichrist, and Satan, they want you to believe a lie. And Thessalonians tell us that many people will reject the truth 
in order to believe a lie. A lot of you may hate Jesus Christ, and some of you may say, well, it don't matter whichever way. I don't hate him, but I don't believe in him. No, there's something that's keeping you from accepting Christ. Don't know what it is, but there's something that's keeping you from accepting the Lord Jesus Christ. I want you to hear what Christ says with a lot of people had this motive. He doesn't make anything clear other than that they hated him. But there was no rationale behind it. There was no reason for it. And in your own way, you may reject Jesus Christ. And you you may not think you hate him, but you do because you despise everything that Christianity stands for. And everything in Christianity that we stand for is no more than just following our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So he says, when we pick up in verse 23, he who, I'm sorry, pick up with me in verse 22, in John 15, in verse 22, if I had not come and spoken to them, they would not be guilty of sin. But Jesus did come. He did speak to us. I want you to apply that with the angel. If God would not have sent an angel in that time period to share his truth with them. Now, yes, they had the 144,000. Yes, they have the two prophets, the two witnesses. Now you have this angel flying in the midst of the air, all sharing truth, God's truth. Proclaiming God's truth. And God says, if I would not have spoken to them, and God has spoke to that generation in the time of tribulation, he's speaking to them. Why? They would not be guilty of sin. Now, however, they have no excuse for their sin. They have no excuse for believing a lie because they heard the truth. God removes that excuse from them. I didn't know. God says, yes, I share truth with you. I sent 144,000 to witness on my behalf. I sent two prophets to witness on my behalf. And I even sent an angel flying in the midst of the air to the four corners of the world witnessing to you there is no excuse the eternal gospel is being preached and shared and he says boy if i had not come and spoken to them they would not be guilty of sin god will not allow us to be deceived god will not allow us to believe a lie without sharing truth to us he will share truth with us and it's his responsibility to share truth with every living soul i don't know how he does it but he does because he's god and he says and spoke to them they would not be guilty of sin now however they have no excuse 
God removes the excuse because they heard truth. You're hearing truth. Jesus Christ came to save you. That's the truth. And the way in which you are saved is to believe upon Jesus Christ and confess him with your own mouth and ask for forgiveness with your own mouth. If you do that, he'll save you to the uttermost. Not that you haven't heard that Jesus Christ come to die and to save you. He has. But more than that, you need to hear this. He's living for you today. He's living for me today. He's living for us. And he's still proclaiming his gospel to us that we might be saved. He said there's no excuse for their sin. But listen now to 23, 24, and 25 in John 15. It's so important. Catch this. He who hates me hates my father as well. You can't hate one without hating the other. You can't love one without loving the other. And he says, he who hates me hates my father as well. If I have not done among them what no one else did, Jesus did what no other prophet ever did. And they would not believe. The 144,000, the two prophets, and now this angel, doing what no one else has ever really did. They see it, and they hear. And there's no excuse for what they believe or their sin. God is sharing his everlasting gospel, his eternal gospel of his son with them. And yes, rejection of Jesus seals the condemnation. Hear, hear me on this. Our rejection or your rejection of Jesus Christ seals your condemnation. Your separation from God. Because there is no other way to the Father but through Jesus Christ. And he says, if I had not done among them what no one else did, they would not be guilty of sin. But now they have seen, they've seen, they've seen these miracles. And yet they have hated both me and my father. They've seen it. In Revelation 14, the people of that day, they've seen. They've seen the image. They've seen the beast. They've seen the Antichrist. They've seen the cruelty of them. And yet they see the loving kindness of a living God who continues to extend to them eternal salvation through an eternal gospel. He says, but this is to fulfill what is written in their law. Now, would you catch what is going to be said here? They hated me without reason. 
Do you hate Jesus without reason? Do you deny him without reason? Do you reject him without reason? Have you really taken time to give much thought to why you don't believe if you don't believe? People, this is not just a fairy tale. It's not just a myth. It's not just religion. It's about your eternal destiny. It's about your eternal life. It's about where you will spend eternity if you reject this eternal gospel. And he says, they hated me without a cause. Why would Jesus, why would God go through sending this angel? Go over to Second Peter, Second Peter, First Peter. Let, let, let me get there. Three nine. Because what I want you to hear is that what is God's will here? Because we need to understand that 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 God wants us all to be saved. God did not create us. He did not give us life to condemn us. God's desire is for every human being to acknowledge his son who he has given in propitiation as an atonement for our sins. So in Second Peter two nine, he says, "The Lord is not slow in keeping His promise, as some understand slowness. He is patient with you, not wanting catch it now. Here, listen to me. Not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone." To come to repentance. Everyone. To come to repentance. Everyone. That includes you and me. Everyone. Every one of us. He wants us to come to repentance. But he also understands. If there's a lie out here. Unless he shares truth with us. We don't have a choice. But other than to believe a lie. But when he then gives truth, now we have to examine. We have to look at it. We just don't fall in trap to one deception, into one trickeries, into one's lie. We have something to examine it by and really look at it. And he says, boy, he proclaims to those who live on the earth to every nation, tribe, language, and people. God shares his truth to, with everybody. Not just a select group. Not just one nation or, or this favorite group over here. 
not to just those who speak this language or those who look like this. He is sharing his eternal gospel with everybody, every nation, tribe, language, and people. He's sharing it. And it says with a loud voice. So it's something vigorous. It's something that you're not going to miss. You're going to hear it. Because it says with a loud voice. Have you ever been someplace where everything is at a normal tone, but then somebody gets loud and it will even stop you from speaking and it will somehow captivate your attention and you will turn and you will look to see where that loud noise is coming from, where that voice is coming from, because it somewhat captivates, because it's loud, it's booming, and it's calling for your attention. It says with a loud voice that calls for your attention. Every nation, tribe, language, people will hear it. And you have to make a decision on what you hear. God is going to share truth. He will not allow a lie to stand without you also hearing the truth. And your decision has to be made. To believe this or to believe this. And he's going to bring us to a place where he makes a statement about himself that the image, the Antichrist, the beast, Satan himself never makes this statement. Then you have to compare it. You have to look and it says, boy, he said with a loud voice, fear God or respect God. Well, at this time, everybody's fearing who? The image. They're fearing the beast. They're fearing the Antichrist. They're fearing those who could take their life, who could kill them. And this angel is flying with this eternal message saying, fear God. Fear not him who can only kill your body, but cannot do anything with your soul. And we're going to still hit that. Because, see, what's important is your soul. That's what's made in the image of God, your soul. It's eternal, like God. It's eternal. Your soul is eternal. This body is only the housing for the soul. But your soul is eternal. That's the image of God. God is eternal. Everlasting. And your soul is everlasting. And he says there, fear God. Respect God. Honor God. Reverence God. Rather than who? The image who the beast is trying to make everybody what? To worship who? The image. When you go back into chapter 13. And he says, and give him glory. Give glory to who? To God. Not to the image. Not to worship the image. 
but give glory to God. And the beast is trying to do what? In chapter 13 of Revelation. Everybody to worship who? To worship the image. When you come right back up into chapter 13, let's go to verse 15. He was given power to give breath to the image of the first beast so that it could speak and cause all who refused to worship the image to be killed. He also forced everyone, small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hand or their forehead so that no one could buy or sell unless he had the mark. He made life very, very difficult and people are fearful. Then it says, fear God. Don't fear the image. Don't fear the beast. Don't fear what man can do to your body. And after he has killed the body, can do no more. But fear him who can cast soul into hell. Because the soul is eternal. The soul is eternal. And that's the part that man is made in the image of God. Is that that soul is eternal like God. It's everlasting. But he comes back down with this great statement. And, and, and I want you to really catch this statement here. He, he says there, Fear God and give him glory because the hour of his judgment has come. Worship him who made the heavens. Now catch this. Worship him. Here comes the difference now. Because nowhere do you ever read about the Antichrist or the image or the beast saying that they had created these things. And now God tells you who the real creator is. God tells you who really has power and authority. Yes, they have power, but their power is limited. Their power is limited. But God has all power. And he says it in this fashion. He says, boy, fear God and give him glory because the hour of his judgment has come. Worship him who made the heavens. Who made what? The heavens. The earth. The sea. And the springs of water. Nowhere do we ever hear the Antichrist or the beast or the image declaring that they made any of these things. They knew they could not claim that because that is what God and God alone has performed. He has made the heavens 
plural. He has made the earth singular. He has made the seas. And he has made the springs of waters. No one else. God and God alone has created these things. Who are you going to believe? The one who has created these things or the one who can only frighten you with death if you don't worship him or believe him. And yes, it speaks because the hour of his judgment has come. Within the gospel of Jesus Christ, Jesus himself warns us of a time of such a judgment that the end would come. So in the gospel, in this eternal gospel, is not only the offer of eternal life, but there is that area that informs us of what takes place with those who will not receive the Lord Jesus Christ, who will not believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not an area of threatening. It's not an area of trying to fear. It's an area of being honest. If you receive, this is what you receive. If you accept Christ, you receive this. If you reject Christ, you receive this. He's not holding anything back. He's not hiding anything from us. So within the gospel itself, there is the judgment towards those who reject the Lord Jesus Christ. And it is called the eternal gospel. Not just the gospel of judgment, but eternal gospel, because within that gospel is the gospel of salvation, of eternal life. Why? Go over to Mark with me. Mark chapter 8 and verse 35. Because we need to understand that what is it that man can give for his soul? If man could give something for his soul, Jesus Christ would have never had to come. If there was enough work, or if there was enough money we could pay, if there was a way that man could save himself by offering God some great thing, I don't know what it would be, but if man could offer a million dollars or a man could offer two million dollars, well, in that case, some could be saved and some could not be saved because some would not be able to do that. And God made it a fair playing ground. Whether rich or poor, intelligent, genius, whatever. Not a very brilliant student, can't read very much. I can hear. 
So faith comes by hearing. That everyone could hear the gospel message and make a decision to receive the Lord Jesus Christ. Not based on how smart you are, how intelligent you are, how much money you have, whether you're black, white, yellow, brown, none of that matters. What matters is this. Do you believe the gospel? And that the gospel, only through the gospel, can you be saved through Jesus Christ. So the question is asked. Let's go over to, let's pick up if I can, in verse 34. Then he called in chapter 8 of Mark. Then he called the crowd to him. To him alone with his disciples and said, If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Verse 35 For whoever wants to save his life, whoever wants to save his life, and everybody I believe is looking for a way to save themselves. How do I get to heaven? Well, there's only one way to heaven, and that's through Jesus Christ. There's other religions that are promising heaven, and and there's other things that are declaring a heaven, and some are saying heaven is right here, right now. But there's only one person that can promise you heaven and seal it the very day in which you accept him. As he said to the thief on the cross, this day you will be with me in paradise. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for me and for the gospel will save it. What were the people going to do? If they accepted that eternal gospel, they were going to lose their life in order to have life. Why is that something? Sometimes you got to lose life in order to have life. And some of you have to die to the life that you're living now in order to have real life with Jesus Christ. And he goes on and he says <clears throat> in verse 36, What good is it for a man to gain the whole world, yet forfeit his soul? Catch a little more in 37. Well, what can a man give in exchange for his soul? What can you give in exchange for your soul? There's nothing there. No amount of money, there's nothing you can give. If anyone is ashamed of me and my words, in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will be ashamed of him when he comes in his Father's glory with his holy angels. Is that within the gospel? Yes, it is. But what would you give for your soul? All you can do is receive. Some would say, well, you give yourself to Jesus. 
I want to say all you can do is receive Jesus. You will learn to give yourself to Jesus only after you receive Jesus. And once you receive the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, he will teach you how to give of yourself to him and to the Father and to the Holy Spirit who will guide you and teach you. But it's only after you have received the Lord are you able to give yourself to the Lord. It must be that acceptance of Jesus Christ. How? Through this eternal gospel that is shared with us. And the angel is going to share this eternal gospel. He's going to proclaim it that those who are hearing a lie might know truth. And the gospel is going out today in many, many ways, fighting against a lie that many might come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. I plead with you to not turn away from this gospel, but to study it and receive it that you might have eternal life in Jesus Christ. God loves us so much. He's doing all that he can do other than just force us to accept him. And that he will not do because he wants you to love him. And he loves you no matter what decision you make. I want you to hear that and hear it clearly. Whether you reject him or whether you receive him, he loves you. There's not one lost soul in hell that God doesn't love. But he gives you your freedom, your will to make the choice to either receive him or believe a lie that he does not exist, that he did not send his son into this world to save sinners, and that he wants us to spend eternity with him. I pray that you will believe that God loved you enough that he sent his only son to save you and to share this eternal gospel. And for the last time, this gospel is going to be shared with all nations, all tribes, all languages, all people, that they may have a choice between believing a lie or believing God. I pray that you will believe, that you would believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. There's no other way. Salvation is in Christ and Christ alone. I can't emphasize that enough. Life for me may be getting short. I don't know. 
I know I don't have another 76 years. But I do know this. The only way to heaven is through Jesus Christ. And I hope you accept him. Because this eternal gospel that the angel is declaring is for the people of that time. But this gospel is for you today. Father, thank you for loving us. And continuing to be the hound dog of heaven that runs after us. That wants us to hear your eternal word. And you will send your angel declaring this eternal gospel that many might be saved. And many would fear thee and give you glory. And recognize that you are the one who created the heavens the earth, the seas, and the springs of water. That you are the one who holds all power in your hands. And that, Lord, you care for every living soul upon planet earth. That you gave your only begotten Son. That whoever would believe in him would be saved. I pray that many, Lord, will come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Many will confess the name of Jesus for the redemption of their lives. Lord, you have to minister to us. You have to show the unbeliever your truth. You have to speak your truth into their minds and into their hearts. Would you do it for your name's sake and for the glory of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ who has given his life for us. Lord, minister to us, I pray. And we'll give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, God bless you and may God keep you. And I hope I didn't belabor you. But I do really want to emphasize this eternal gospel is present today and is for all of us. And God will share it again because he's the only one who really shares truth whenever a lie comes forth to deceive man into believing something other than the truth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Well, God bless you and God keep you. May you have a wonderful week and may you discover the one who is able to save you to the uttermost. God bless you. Bye.